start with, um, what did Eva say? She said, I must preach, hallelujah, rejoice the in the Lord. <laughs> and I was like, we're not Pentecostal here, my baby, so can we just, <laughs> little bits. Um, so we're going to start with, so obviously Corbus was in Ephesians 2, and then we're going to carry on. Ephesians 2, verse 11 to 13 says, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So... Foreigners, excluded, separate, without hope, without God. Sounds terrible. Um, and then I was thinking, what is hope? Because, you know, you've got to come with your definitions when you preach. Gotta, as if we don't know what definitions are. But anyway. Um, and all that hope is, well, I'll define it as this. Um, it's that belief that somehow, against all the odds of what you're seeing in front of you and what's happening, somehow things will get better. Things will improve. The situation will change. And then if you think of hopelessness, it's the opposite. So somehow, despite everything you see, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much effort you give, you feel like nothing will ever change. And um, we had quite an interesting incident this week. Um, so Eva plays netball, and um, for under-11s, it's like serious. They had been working hard the whole season, and they were talking about the league, and you have to win this, and you have to do this, and you have to score these points to you know, make it to playoffs. You know, for them, it's like super intense. For us, it's like it's 11-year-olds playing netball, but it's, it's big for her. Anyway, we get into it. So this past Thursday, it was like the game. You know, It's like... That team versus them, and whoever makes it through is into the playoffs, so it's like very tense and serious. And we've been to a lot of netball games, and parents will always feel the ref is like slightly biased. And that's fair, fair enough, you know, like, oh, the ref is biased. But they had a lady. I, I want to, let me just breathe. <laughs> Before we get into this story, let me just remember I'm preaching. No? Okay. Um, this woman, I don't know what was wrong with her, but she was refing for the other side, okay? So she would blow for contact. Contact means now you've touched the other player. Contact. The, our team, like the girl has a ball. There is no one around her for one meter, and she would blow for contact. And we're all like, contact with the Holy Spirit. We're like, what? <laughs> Who is contacting here? And... It was ridiculous, you know, she would like in, I think it was like five minutes, she blew like 50 times. It was like, and then the girl would just like have the ball and then she'd blow again for something else. Like there were five minutes of this and we're like, what is going on here? Then the deputy head of sport went and talked to her at half time and we thought, maybe, you know, things will get better. No, worse. Second half. Then we were scoring goals on that side. Every time our goal shooter got the ball. So the person who's going to score. Every time, seven times in a row, she would just get it, blow her, for feet or what something. She made up things. And like, she wouldn't let them get past. She wouldn't let them go through. The minute they got momentum, the, 
she would just blow them. And it's like our brains were like, what is happening? Are we watching this? Is, is this even like, this is like sci-fi here, you know? It's like, what is she doing? And then the hardest was watching the girls because it's like, okay, you know, we're losing. Okay, let's rally, let's go. Let, no matter how hard they tried, this woman would not let them score. And their faces were just like, they just, they had tears in their eyes. They were like crushed. They were defeated. They'd lost all their hope. And it's like, don't cry now already. It's netball. But it's like, you see, like the hard thing was I saw the children and their faces. And I was like, this woman is like breaking their spirits. And so I was like, let's not beat a woman here at school. Let's <laughs> hold it back. But it was, it was so hard to look at their faces and see. You could see that moment when they just gave up because nothing they tried. They tried and tried. Nothing they tried. This woman would not let them through. Anyway, it was so heartbreaking. And I was just thinking, I mean, imagine now when God looks at us, when we are hopeless. Imagine, like, in a sense, how his heart breaks. He's like, man, I've given you everything. Everything. Like, you need for life and godliness. I've, I've done everything to give you hope. And, like, and you just, you know, you don't have hope. And it's his heart must just break for us. And I was thinking, isn't that the story of the whole Bible? It's a story of hope. It's a story of we were dead in our sins. We were lost. We were nothing. And then God made a way. And he gave us hope. He gave us a reason, you know. He took us from that place of excluded, foreigners, separate. And he brought us in. And so, beautiful story, the Bible of hope. And then I was thinking, of, what about the world? I was thinking they have absolutely no reason to hope. Like, who do they hope in? What do they hope for? It's like, maybe they will be hoping that things change. Or some people believe in the universe, and then the universe will something. I don't know. It seems very random. And so all they've got to hope in, and this is what separates us from other religions and the rest of the world, is we have hope. They don't have hope. They have nothing to hope in but themselves. I mean, humans can do a lot, but they can't cure cancer even. They can't, like, fix the global economy. They couldn't even stop COVID, you know? So, like, if you're going to trust in yourself... Very soon you're going to see we're limited. But we have a hope. And so now I'm going to share my story. Um, a lot of you guys know I struggle with my health um, a lot. And I'm going to put the disclaimer out. I know there's like 90% of the world's population who have gone through more difficult things than me. Please don't come and tell me afterwards your cousin's auntie's sister has cancer. and it's I'm like, I know. I'm sure... Many, many people have suffered worse things, but like this is just my story and that's all I've got. You know what I'm saying? I can only testify about what God has done in my life. So, just disclaimer, this is not a pity party. This is not like, feel sorry for Michelle. I just, I'm just sharing like what I've been through. So anyway, um, about 11 years ago, um, I started with these, it's basically like, Food allergies, but it's like an autoimmune condition. So when I eat certain things, gluten, dairy, sugar, my body attacks it. And I have, I know this is too much information, just give you a picture. Imagine every time you ate something like that, you had like a 24-hour stomach bug. Yeah, that thing. And so every time I'd eat that, and that would happen like four or five times a week. You can imagine it's not fun. 
And um, I think we were about three years in. I was going to doctors, and the doctors were like, oh, no, you have a tummy bug. I'm like, a tummy bug for three years? I don't know about that. That doesn't sound great. I don't think they last three years. Um, anyway, but by the grace of God, I found this specialist, and like, he was amazing. He's helped me. We've come a long way. Still can't eat those things, but, you know, like, I can live life, you know? I'm not like half dying in pain all the time. This is only sometimes. So, um, and there's all sorts of weird secondary things that would come with it, you know, like my hair would be falling out because I'm not absorbing vitamins and blah, blah, you know, like I can tell you a whole sad story here. That's not the point. The point is, in those times, and I would be, again, don't cry now, I would be in the bathroom for hours, crying, crying to God because I was in so much pain. And I'll just say, God, heal me. Please, I'm begging you. For 11 years, I've been crying out to God, heal me. And he didn't heal me. And, you know, in that time, I lost my hope. I said, God, what is going to happen now? It's like, this is the rest of my life. Am I just going to be in pain forever? The thought of that was just so much. And I just, um, God taught me two lessons in this time. And it's like, like I had no evidence to think that anything would ever change. And then we read, sorry, I'm going to do this now. Let's wipe the tears. Um, then we read in verse 13, and I love these scriptures. They put faith in my heart. It says, but now. Sometimes all you need is two words in the Bible, but now. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And scriptures like that, I don't know if you've ever read, and it's like you can read the whole paragraph and like Paul is there in Acts and he's doing great things. And then sometimes it's like two words that just stand out. Because it shows me the power of God. But now, what was happening before? Excluded, foreigners, separate, without hope, without God. But now, now, God comes. Now, we are in Christ. Now, we have been brought near. Now, we have hope and we have God. And that changes everything. That puts faith in my heart. Because it's like, I didn't have the power to change anything. But now... When God comes, it's like you want to bring your impossible to God. You're like, God, this is impossible. He's like, watch me. I can do it. I can do all things. You know? And it was just like mind-blowing to remember we serve a God of immeasurable, relentless, unstoppable love. A God who chases us down and fights for us. That's the God we serve. And then I was thinking about um, you know what people say. Sometimes people's words just suck the hope right out of us. Oh, that'll never change. Oh, no, you've always been like this. Oh, no, the doctor said you will never get better. Oh, no, my boss said you will never be good enough. 
Oh no, my ex-husband said, whatever. But now, whatever was said by people, whatever happened in the past, whatever bad decisions you made, whatever happened to you, but now supersedes it. But now, we have God. And um, I was just reminding myself, like, God did actual miracles. And maybe we don't see, you know, maybe many blind people getting sight now. People, in, yes, okay, I suppose you've seen some people with wheelchairs. But there's a lot of but now going on in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. And, um, and then we come to the other lesson that I learned, which is a really hard one. What if the but now doesn't look like what you thought it would? So I'm here 11 years later, and I'm not healed. I still struggle. I have that pain. It's better, yes, but I'm not healed. And um, what I learned is our hope is not in our circumstances changing. Our hope is in God. It is in the person of God. It's in Him. So even if the circumstances don't change, our hope is in Him. Um, and I was just thinking about like how God, He doesn't promise that He will come and fix all our problems. Wonderful, happy life. That's what heaven's for. No tears. He doesn't come and promise that. What He comes and promises is that when we go through the stuff, He will be with us. Yes. Amen. So Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And then Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then it got me onto who, who is with us. It's, it's saying he's with us. Who is with us? And I was thinking about how sometimes you can maybe think, here's God in heaven looking down at us in our trials, and we may think he's sitting there thinking, oh, come, come, I know it's tough, but let's go through the trials. It's, it's difficult, but come, come. Uh, sitting objectively there like, ah, oh, it's not that bad, come on. And then I was thinking about how when I saw my daughter's face, and how badly I wanted to go and bring WWE Smackdown to that woman. <laughs> and I was like, Eva needs to learn a lesson here. She needs to see in life you're going to have bullies, people that are unfair, and you need to learn how to deal with them. It's just, it sucks, but she has to learn that. And so I had to hold back everything in me. Maybe even other people had to hold me back, but I just hold it back. Because I know she needs to learn this. And so I think of how God must be. He's not sitting there objectively. He's like, I know. I know it's hard. I know. But I'm with you. And you can do it. You can do it. I'm with you. Come on. Like, I know. You know? So he's not removed and far away. He's right there in the mess with us. And I was also reminding myself, though, all that being said, he still fights for you. He still chases you down. He still 
does miracles. Like you have to have those two in hand. It's like, yes, maybe the circumstances are not changing. Yes, maybe you're not seeing the breakthrough you want. Your hope is in Him. But don't stop believing Him for the miracle. Don't stop trusting Him. Don't stop expecting because He is the God of miracles. And you don't know. You don't know if the miracle is going to come. You don't know if it's going to come in the way that you think it's going to come. You know, sometimes we think financial breakthrough means like someone's going to deposit half a million in the account. Problem solved. (laughs) You receive that in the front row. (laughs) And sometimes the breakthrough is a really labor-intensive job, but it's stable. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a miracle in that. And so um, part of what I felt God wanting me to encourage you guys with this morning is don't give up hope. And especially in that place where you feel like you just can't go on anymore. You know, when you've just like, you have been praying and you've been trusting and you have been fighting and you have been hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and nothing. And God reminded me of this poem I had. Um, I had it stuck up on my wall when I was a child. It's called Don't Quit by Edgar A. Guest. I'm just going to read you the first verse. I'll be here forever. So it said, When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must but don't you quit. And when I asked God, what did you want to do this morning? And I felt like he said to me, he wants to give hope to the hopeless. He wants to bring purpose and meaning to those who feel like they don't have it. It's almost like I saw, you know, like before, before God entered the scene, we were like nothing and no one. And then he came and he wrote our names on the palm of his hand. And then suddenly... We're not excluded, we're not separate, we're not foreigners. We are in Christ and brought near. And um, yeah, I was even thinking about even the situation. She's so good. I'm like, she has so much Christian character beyond her ages mm-hmm. most of the time. <laughs> and like, she just had this hope that, you know, like somehow they would still get through. And I was like, being the realistic mom, I was like, my baby, I know that you hope, and I know you would love to go through, but we have to be realistic here. Probably not going to happen. Like, just don't get your hopes up. And she schooled me because the next day she came home and she told me, oops, you okay? (laughs) Sorry, baby. Sorry. Um, The next day she came home and she gave me, like, the three ways that they could possibly get through that I didn't even know there were ways. And the, the... like, truth behind it is, who knows if they will get through or not. That wasn't the point. She's, she was telling me, she's like, Mom, oh, he's got to have hope. Got to have hope. And I was like, that is awesome that in that situation, she's like, it ain't over till the fat lace. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about one of them. The, the things that I struggle with the most is disappointment. Um, and Eva wasn't afraid to be disappointed. I'm trying to protect her feelings so that she wouldn't be disappointed. I'm like, oh, just keep your expectations low, my baby. Then you'll protect yourself, basically, if you won't get hurt. And um, I just wanted to say, don't be afraid of disappointment because it's going to box you in. 
and you're not going to live in the fullness of what God has for you. You're going to live here, protecting yourself safe, because you're never venturing out. You're never trying something new. You're never having faith to step out and be bold. You're like, I'm here in my box of safety. I will not try anything new, but I will never be disappointed. Like, that's just not living for me. And I was thinking about the lyrics of the song. It's like, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Anyway, I'm going to Isaiah 40 verse 31 because what does the Bible say when we hope in God? It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I was thinking, that's what God does when we hope in Him. It's like, you know that time of like fighting and fighting and hoping and trying and you're trying to stand and you just, and you think if I have to hope anymore, I'm just going to be done. And He says, when you hope in me, your strength is renewed. You won't get weary or faint. It's renewed. And... Um, Yeah, I'm going to pray just now. But I really felt like God wants me to pray, first of all, for disappointment to kind of be dusted off. Because I think it just weighs us down. And then another thing I'm going to pray for, which um, God just put on my heart for this morning, is dreams. And um, I'm talking about dreams like, I want to win the lotto. yeah, (laughs) Because that thing is not going to satisfy you. I'm talking about those deep down dreams that is put in your heart that you've buried and you've forgotten about. And you said, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I'm not going to look at people because I'm going to be quiet. What if you wanted to have a baby and you haven't had that baby yet? What if you wanted to see that family member saved and it's been 15 years? They're not saved yet. What if God has asked you to do something bold and you just don't have the courage anymore, the strength to even trust or like try? And I feel like this morning, God wants to reignite those. He wants to resurrect those dreams because he's in the business of resurrection, in the business of restoration. He wants to restore your hope in the business of redemption. He wants to redeem your story. And Father God, I just want to ask you right now, bring those dreams to life. I don't know what what you're thinking of deep in your heart. It's that dream that you are just tired of hoping for. God, dust off those dreams. Dust off that disappointment that people have had. Where they're like again and again and again. The answer was no, but But now, with God, the answer is yes. God, and I pray this morning, let people not be afraid to hope again. Let them not feel like they have to muster strength to hope. They can just renew their strength by hoping in you, Lord God. God, I pray you'd come and remind us that even though our circumstances may not change, our hope is in you. Lord God, I feel like there's really, 
there's things that people have like written off in themselves here. You know, maybe, maybe you felt called to be like an author or to pioneer something or, I don't know, maybe it's just dreams you had for yourself, for your life. Like, I thought by this time in my life I'd be here. I'm not there yet. What is ever going to change? God, I pray right now. You would come and breathe flames and fire into those dreams. When you step onto the scene, God, dry bones come to life. Faith enters the room, Father God. You are not a respecter of persons. We don't have to be everything together, all in order, sorted ourselves out. We come as we are, Lord God. And you meet us in that place. Father, I just pray right now. Even for like dreams for other people. There are people in our lives that you may you're like, man, I just I wanna see God move in their life. I wanna see something different and it's just going downhill. God, let us have faith and hope for that person. Let us not give up. More tears. I don't know you guys made me cry so much. <laughs> Um, yeah, Father, I'm just so grateful that you are so good and so faithful. That you don't just leave us. You went and fetched us and made the way that we can be brought near to you and brought close to you, Father God. And you give us a, re a reason to get up in the morning, a reason to hope again. Father God, we are safe in your hands. I feel like yeah, maybe there are people here that you don't want to hope again because you're so scared. You're safe in God's hands. Even if the thing doesn't work out how you want it to, you're safe in His hands. He's with you. He's got you. It's almost like that trustful thing. Let go and just fall back into the arms of your loving Father. Let Him embrace you. Let him smooth over the rough edges. You don't have to do it yourself. God, I pray you would come in a way that we haven't seen or known or experienced before, Father God. I pray when our minds want to fight us and say, why? why? Why bother? Why try again? You would remind us of the hope to which we were called, Father God. The hope of glory, Christ Jesus. Father God, as we take this communion, Father, just thank you for your body and your blood. You, you literally put everything on the line so that we could be reunited with you. Man, a father who does that, who gives everything for his children. How can we not respond to that, Father? Oh, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your love that you are an unstoppable force in our lives. Even when we run away, you chase after us. Even when we turn our backs, you come and you stand right in front of us. Even when we look down, you lift our eyes. When we don't want anyone to hold us or touch us, you embrace us. When we have no faith, you put faith in our hearts. When we are full of fear, you put courage in our hearts. Jesus, I prayed this week when we feel like we just want to give up, that we would put our hope in you and you would renew our strength, God. 
that we would soar on wings like eagles. We would experience that this week in different ways. And I pray next week there would be testimonies, Father God, of breakthroughs. Breakthroughs we've been waiting years for because you are still the God of miracles. Thank you, Father, that we can meet her every week and just be with you. God, we love you. In your precious name, Father, even the children, even the children as they're playing around, let something of this just sink into their hearts. Let them know that when they have no fight left in them, they can go to God. They can turn to Jesus. Our Father, we just give you glory this morning. And we thank you in your precious name. Amen.